the feeling you're feeling, even though it's triggered by another person, can only happen if you hold a belief to be true about yourself. And so instead of looking at this person rejected me, if you flip it and say, what part of myself am I rejecting that this person is putting a magnifying glass on, it changes the entire game. Welcome to the Stay Grounded Podcast. I'm your host, Raj Jana, founder of Liberate, and it's my mission to help you become the most grounded, loving, and authentic version of yourself that you can be. Each week, I interview experts in the fields of mindset, spirituality, and emotional well-being. My brilliant guests share their tools, stories, and unique perspectives to help you develop the skills you need to show up fully for the people and things that matter most in your life. Now let's dive in. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded, one of the final monthly reflection episodes of 2023. I am currently, I recorded this uh, from Costa Rica. I'm back in Nosara now, and um, lots happening in my life. <laughs> Getting ready for a 10-day silent meditation retreat. It was just an incredibly expansive month of lessons and learnings and me realizing a lot of things about my own relationship to my inner child and ultimately how improving your relationship to your inner child, to all of the parts that are hidden in your psyche, how that practice can help you build unshakable inner confidence. Because when that inner child, that little boy or girl, when he or she feels safe, feels free, it expresses through your entire being. And that's what we talk a lot about on this episode. How do you actually get to that place? How do you work through the different abandonment wounds and the self-rejection wounds? How do you actually integrate with this divine column of love that you are in a more grounded way? How do you just become more grounded? So I love you guys. I appreciated Georgina holding such beautiful space for this conversation to happen. We went in a lot of amazing directions that... Um, just felt really good. I remember even looking at Georgina after we were finished recording. I was like, wow, this was a good episode. <laughs> I mean, I say that a like I feel that way about most of my monthly reflections, but this one I felt really good about. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And if you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, go ahead and do that. That means that every single time I release a new episode or have something fun to share, you're first to be notified by that. And if you haven't reached out to me and let me know, about how the podcast has impacted you, please, please, please reach out. I love hearing from you, especially around this time of the year. I'm getting ready for my yearly reflection. Like I'm looking back on the entire year, which it's been a crazy year. My gosh, of so much. I can't believe it's already December. Um, such a crazy year. I imagine you've had a lot going on in your life too. And so if you would reach out and let me know what the podcast has been to you over the year or how this has played a role in your year, I would love to hear from you. So anyways, thanks again for being here, guys. And without further ado, here is the amazing Georgina guiding a conversation about November 2023. Enjoy. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded with my dear friend, Georgina. Welcome back to the show. Happy to be back. It's always epic. Yeah, it's just epic. Every time I see you, it's like 
the thing we do. <laughs> we do a lot of other things too, but this is my favorite thing that we do together because it is an opportunity for me to reflect, an opportunity for us to drop in. And it's so funny, like, you know, I just feel like one of the reasons why I think I love having you be the interviewer for this is because you really see me. <laughs> You really get me. You really feel what I'm feeling. And I think it's just, it's really beautiful. And I always appreciate that. So thank you for guiding such gorgeous conversations over the last few years. And I'm just excited that we get to dive in today. Thanks for that, Rush. So where am I at <laughs> to start? Um, I'm in Costa Rica. So I'm back, which awesome. feels amazing. So I'm back in Nosara. And, um, yeah, it just felt really good to come here. Like the second I got to my place, I could feel the jungles, feel my feet in the sand, jumped in the ocean, feeling that union with the capital H her, you know, mother earth Gaia, that energy after such a profound year of healing and expansion and letting go and relationships ending and transitions and there's so much alchemy and so much medicine and just life for me to come back here to anchor into this frequency, this, this, this nourishing. It's like, she's like, no, Sarah just has this beautiful nature of holding you. I feel very held here and it feels really good for my soul. Like I've been back on my meditation practice. I've been taking my 15,000 steps a day. Um, yeah, it just feels really good. And, uh, and I'm, ex and it's just always also just a really powerful anchor to see, like, it's been a year since I came here. Like I came here last December. I can't believe that. I, can't I remember it's been you a year, like I'm getting ready to do my yearly reflection right now, like my full year look back. And it's just crazy how much has happened. And, and also time feels compressed. It's like so much has happened, but it almost feels like it's happened in a blink of an eye. And, um, yeah, I just remember where I was at last year. Like I was getting ready for my ayahuasca ceremony, right? Actually I was in my, my first ayahuasca ceremony right now. Like I was in it on like the eighth I think that weekend I was getting into it. And now I'm getting ready for my first 10 day Vipassana, <laughs> which is going to happen in like a few weeks. Um, so yeah, it's kind of crazy. It, the growth never stops, but it's always beautiful to look back to see how far I've come or how much, how fast you can grow when you learn the skill sets of working with your awareness, which is ultimately what I think I've been mastering over the last year, more so in the last six months than ever. But yeah, so it's good to be back. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? When you go back to a, a place that you visited before and when there's been a time in between the visits and you can really get a sense of who you were last time, who you are now. It's such a great way to just really pin down how, how things have changed so much. Yeah. Where do you feel like you're at now? If you think about where you were last year and like right now. Yeah. I think the biggest principle I think that got anchored in this last month. And as I even reflect on this year that continues coming up is the question that I wrote in my journal, which was, are my decisions signaling, quote unquote, I trust you universe, or are they signaling the opposite? And, you know, when I look at my life, 
I look at, I can distinctly look at all the things that, like, like I can see turning points across the way, whether it's in business, trusting to walk away from old business partnerships that weren't in alignment, trusting to, you know, invest in something without really knowing if it was going to work out or not. Like all these moments, I can actually go back to the ones that worked out and the ones that didn't. And the ones that worked mm -hmm. out always came from a place of, I trust you universe. And even if it didn't work out in the way that I wanted it to, it always led to the thing I needed to experience. Like there was this, and I think that a year ago, I didn't have that. A year ago, I remember hustling, 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 trying to raise money for Liberate. I was working through a bunch of stuff. Gina and I were having conversations about not being together. And I was just holding on for dear life. Like, no, I'm not letting go of this control. I have to be the one to fix everything. I have to be the one to do it all. Instead of relaxing into, oh no, Raj, you're so held by so many things outside of you. What would happen if you surrendered to that and trusted in the abundance of the universe and tuned into that prayer, right? And, the, and connecting to that prayer of that abundance and really being in that. And it took a year of removing all the parts of me, whether it was my beliefs, whether it was, you know, generational trauma, like my parents came to the U.S. with, you know, nothing in their pockets and they had this survival mindset for so long, like, it was, you know, removing all of that, you know, I had, uh, I gave my heart in the biggest way to, you know, the, the woman of my dreams at the time. And like it, like, and, and to, to have that breaking and to trust that, Hey, like break, like walking away from this or ending this relationship or evolving it into its next iteration is going to lead to, you know, maybe not someone better, but something more in alignment with who I am and what I came here to do. And like all of that, it's just taken a huge trust. It's been a massive experience of that. And it's been hard. It's been hard. It's been rewarding. It's been beautiful. It's been, but I think coming back to that, just that trust that like, I trust you so much universe to hold me, to have my back, to support me, to carry me, to nurture me, to love me. And I feel today now back in Nosara, like I can, I, I remember I was actually in the ocean yesterday and, you know, every more, every evening I catch sunset where I actually pray to my ocean and I go in there and I dive into the ocean. And I watch the sunset come down. And as I was doing that, I just felt this overwhelming level of gratitude for the fact that I get to see the sunset that I get to watch it come down once more. That means I lived another day. I got to experience this beautiful planet. I got to experience this beautiful opportunity to steward one of the most transformative projects I've ever worked on in my life. I have loving family members. I have, I'm surrounded. I have amazing health. Like, gosh, God, thank you. And the more I tune into that frequency of thank you and just look for the positive and the glimmers and everything, the better and more rich and more abundant my life gets. It's like, I just raise, there's something about that. So anyways, it's been a fucking crazy year. <laughs> I feel so connected and aligned and, uh, and held now more than ever, which has been a really beautiful thing. I'd love to know what you think is uh, like the spiritual purpose of trusting that you're being held um 
Well, there's two choices. You could trust that you're either not, or you could trust that you are. One creates an enormous level of chaos. One creates an enormous level of dissonance, dysregulation, and the other one creates harmony. And so I believe that, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience and aligning with our spiritual selves, our spiritual beliefs is how we do human right. Right? Like if we try to create a new set of beliefs, if we're disconnected from the truth of our very being, then it's easy to get caught up in all the stories. It's easy to get caught up in the I'm not enough stories when we're disconnected to the truth and magnitude of what we actually are. It's easy to feel like life is spinning you in a tornado, that life is happening to you when you're disconnected from the ever-flowing nature of life that is constantly self-correcting around you. Like there's this, so I, th I think there's a, there's an integration with, I don't think we're meant to just be spiritual beings, right? Like I think we're spiritual beings having a human experience and the integration of that is being able to align with this massive power that we have to create and owning our agency and our power to create and manifest and bring things to form in life with this nature of just, we have zero control over anything. And, you know, one of the most beautiful quotes I received this month, I was at a, um, I spoke at an event this month. It was an all women's health conference. I was the, one of the only male speakers there, which was such a privilege and an honor, to be honest. Like I, I think men have a very different relationship to health. Like we're very much like data driven and going after the, the biohacking and the tools and the things and the, let's do the, 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 the tactics but women are very nurturing. They, they they focus more on the the whole the holistic nature. There's something about just the love, the self-love, the nurture that brings in a whole new element of health. And it was so refreshing to be in that room and for me to be there, you know, as one of the few guy speakers, I felt so honored. There was this brilliant woman named Ali Schaefer, um, who gave a talk and she led her talk on the greatest biohack is shifting the relationship that we have to death. And when she said that, it kind of brought this principle of integrating, you know, this spiritual being, this purpose we have as spirits with this human experience. Because here we are as human experience trying to live for as long as we can, trying to avoid death, trying to run from death. That's what the human's trying to do. But the spiritual the spiritual belief, the spiritual being is not trying to run from death. He's embracing or she is embracing it, knowing that it will come one day, which allows this human experience to have less suffering, which allows it to be more aligned, which allows it to be something that you live into. And so when I think about your question, what is the purpose of, you know, having the spiritual belief of being held? At the end of the day, these beliefs that we have that integrate us with a higher power allow us to live a more meaningful life in my eyes. And I think living our purpose is living a meaningful life, living our Dharma, living in pure alignment with who we came here to be is the souls. It's what the soul is here to do in my eyes, in my experience, in my expression. So these beliefs just empower us to be more of who we are, which is connected to everything that's happening all at once. Does that make sense? Yeah, that 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 does make sense. Um, I mean, that's interesting to 
thinking about our relationship with death um given everything that's happening happening in the world right now how how does that kind of relate to when there's so much human caused death well you know this is where it's a that's a different question right that's a different question like the 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 point of what i shared was more so around shifting our relationship to our own mortality mm-hmm. because i believe that this entire movement of wanting to be healthier is inherently coming from in some way some primal fear of dying i don't want to die so i want to be healthy right and i think we can go really far in one direction by buying the supplements and doing the tools and doing all the things and forgetting that this constant fear of death is actually creating all the noise in our bodies that require us to go get all the health tools. But if we shift our relationship to death, we can now relax into the present moment. We don't have a saber toothed tiger constantly running in the background, trying to protect us from this threat that hasn't happened yet. And that's ultimately what I mean by you know, the greatest biohack, this greatest bioharmonizer is actually shifting our relationship to death. Because when we do that, we can relax into the present moment and trust in the flow of life. Ultimately, our, our relationship to death is our relationship to control. You cannot, that is, death is the ultimate uncertainty. We have no idea. I know some people be like, oh yeah, I know this is what's going to happen. And yeah, there's accounts of near-death experiences, but truly no one living knows what is going to happen once we die. We just don't know. And so really it's not even about changing our relationship to death. It's actually about changing our relationship to uncertainty and shifting our relationship to uncertainty is actually what helps you become the most grounded human being you can be. Because when you don't fear uncertainty, when you don't need to have control, you're ultimately saying, I'm okay with any level of outcomes that happen, even if that means my mortality. And so there's this trickle-down impact on health that I think I'm referring to, not necessarily the atrocities that are happening across the world. I mean, I think that's a whole another bucket of conversations that are deeply, like I said, that's a whole nother, that's, that's a different conversation than the one I think we're having right now. Okay. So with that in mind, like, how have you, have you changed your relationship with, with your mortality through this experience of, of the, of being at the conference, like talk us through some of the shifts that you've made. Well, I mean, heartbreak was one of the greatest teachers of a lifetime for me, right? Like I adore my former partner, Gina, and, you know, our relationship ending felt like a death for me in a lot of ways. Like it felt like, like this whole thing that I thought I wanted the, and like, there's all the, the family I thought we were going to start, the things that we were going to do together, all these things, like, it's like the death of everything, right? So death doesn't have to mean just our physical death. It can mean our, our relationships dying, our fantasies about the world dying, our dreams not falling through. Like there's so many forms of death that require grief. And so to me, like shifting my relationship to death has actually been shifting my relationship with grieving, right? Like when I don't fear grief, and I can allow my heart to crack open. I'm actually inherently strengthening my ability to, to meet death full on, to meet 
the ending of something full on, to be with the fullest of this experience with everything in me and allow my heart to crack, allow my heart to break open, allow it to be, to, to allow everything that isn't true to fall away so that all that can be left is wholeness, which is everlasting, the part of you that just never dies. And I think that nothing like heartbreak for me over the last several years, heartbreak has been the most powerful teacher. It continues to be the most powerful. Yeah. Everything. I mean, um, in so many ways, I, yeah, in so many ways, I think changing my relationship to grief, like I remember years ago, I had this relationship with my dad where, you know, I wanted my dad to get healthier and I kept trying to force him to get healthier. It's like, mm -hmm. dad, do this, go get your labs, do this. I can't believe this. Da, 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 da. And it, it just wasn't building the relationship that I wanted with him. And when I sat down and I really sat with, why am I trying to get my dad to be so healthy? Like, why? Where's that coming from? I got hit with this massive awareness that I want my dad to be healthy because I don't want to feel the grief of him when he dies. I was trying to prolong that inevitability as long as I could. And so then when I just felt the grief, the true grief of my father passing one day, he's not passing right now. He's here and I get to love him fully today with everything in me. But when I actually felt the fear, in fact, this earlier this month, I had a, a moment where I felt the same way about my mom. My mom and I's relationship has changed so much over the years, ever since that big journey we had in Nosara last May, I think with her and we've, our relationships changed dramatically since. And this earlier this month, we had a big family gathering where my brother, my mom, my dad all got together. And, you know, when my mom left, I actually felt myself cry. Like I was going to miss her so much. And then I connected to that, that truth that one day I'm actually not going to be able to do this with her again. And I'm getting teary. I'm thinking about that right now. Cause like it's, but feeling that not running from it, feeling it, feeling the depths of it and being with that removes the fear of her, me losing her. It just opens up the zest for loving her as much as I can today. So then fear gets replaced with this enormous level of love and maybe not urgency, but excitement and passion for getting to love her with everything in me today, getting to say the, I love you, the, I appreciate you, everything I can today. And so I think my relationships have been the most powerful teachers to help me change my own relationship to death. Um, and then ego death, you know, parts of me being seen as a failure, being seen as, you know, things, making mistakes, not being perfect, being rejected. Like I, I just started learning Zook, which is a form of Brazilian partner dance. And oh. it's, it's been really fun. And one of the most impactful parts for me has been asking random women to mm -hmm. dance with me, specifically women that are better than me to dance with mm -hmm. me, which has been a humbling experience but it's also getting me over my own fear of rejection and my fear of like, and that's a form of death too. Like it, to children, if you think about children, right? Like the way that our, our subconscious minds are wired, how our beliefs are formed between the ages of zero and seven, between the ages of zero and seven, we don't have a prefrontal cortex, which is the part of our mind that makes rational decisions. So everything is in our amygdala, which is our survival mind. 
at that age, if our parents are not there, we don't survive. We just don't. And so we do everything we can as children to get love from our parents, whether it's attention, whether it's doing the things they tell you to do, whether it's believing the things they tell you to believe, whatever it is, we're just impressionable sponges that we learn. And if we don't follow these rules, and a lot of times it might mean death. And it's so irrational, but it's so primal in the ways that our minds are wired. And so for me, even feeling rejection is a form of me changing my relationship to death because there's a part of me deep down that signifies being rejected or not being perfect as being not lovable, not worthy, discardable. And so there's these like deeper things we can do, which is changing our relationship with the people in our lives, loving, changing our relationship and allowing ourselves to feel grief, but then also getting in the reps of like letting yourself die, letting the idea of you die, letting this idea that I need to be a perfect, awesome, super suave dancer die and just allow me to be a beginner again. Like letting this idea of you fall apart. All of these are forms of death that we get to shift our relationship with in our own unique ways in the ways that life gives us opportunities to. Mm. I love I love the idea of you doing the dancing. That that just sounds so much fun. And I'd love to pick up on the rejection piece that you were talking about. Because I imagine that's something that a lot of people can relate to. So talk us through your relationship with with rejection and how is it evolving? Yeah, I think the biggest shift is rejection is not rejection, it's redirection. I mean, it's been the biggest, like, you know, even if, like, for example, like, let's say you're in a relationship with somebody and they're not, and they're like, hey, like, this isn't the right fit for me. It's not even that they're rejecting you. What they're saying is that this is not the right fit for me. It's a redirection. And so it's a simple shift, but it's like, it's very subtle, but it's when you actually capture it and it actually hits you, you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's not that I'm being rejected by this person. It's literally that like their planet's over here. My planet's over here. And our planets just don't communicate with one another. Like we're just not. And like, that's, that's not rejection. That's redirection. That's finding a new fit, you know, finding something that does fit more naturally fits more seamlessly fits more. And so that shift for me has really been big because my inner child, I had a, did a lot of inner child healing this, this month. And I really got to connect to my six-year-old little boy who, you know, I've been rejecting personally for a very long time. Interesting. And, and, and I realized that I only feel rejection not because somebody else is rejecting me, but because I've actually been rejecting a part of myself. Why, why were you rejecting your six-year-old self? I don't know. I had programs around needing to be perfect, needing to just old scripts. I don't even remember the why. It doesn't even matter. In fact, like there was just an inherent feeling. What I noticed, I was feeling rejection, like this feeling of I'm not enough. That's the feeling that was coming up in my body. When I went and did some work around that, and I went in and I made a relationship with the part of me that felt rejected, he was six years old. And 
when I got to communicate with my six-year-old from my adult higher self, the part of me that does not feel these things, the part of me that is everlasting, the part of me that is infinite, there was just in a lot of ways some miscommunication <laughs> around what rejection was and the standards that I personally, adult Raj, was putting on little Raj to be further along, to have more, to be a certain way, to show up a certain way, to be an ex type of lover, whatever it is, right? Like there's like all these stories that were showing up. And the more I could, the more I allowed him to have his experience, the more expansiveness I felt like it's like, okay, no, like you're allowed to feel this way. And I'm sorry. It's really, it was like a conversation. I'm sorry that I put so much pressure on you. And rebuilding that each day, it's like, hey, like, what would this in a not pressury way feel like? What would feel good to you? How do you want to play? How do you want to relate? You know, and just shifting that relationship has been really big. Um, but coming back to that, like, once I shifted that, I actually don't really feel rejection from the same sources I was feeling rejection from. Mm -hmm. because I, I, and this is what I realized, like, this is what I've been realizing with liberate everything that I, we do there. In fact, everything is like the thing, the, the feeling you're feeling, even though it's triggered by another person can only happen if you hold a belief to be true about yourself. Like it's literally like the feelings are literally confirming something that you already know to be true about yourself or you believe to be true. And so instead of looking at this person rejected me, if you flip it and say, what part of myself am I rejecting that this person is putting a magnifying glass on, it changes the entire game. Because now you give yourself an opportunity to ask yourself inquiry and get really clear on, okay, there's this part of me that I'm rejecting. You can't change the way somebody else responds to you, but you can shift the way that you respond to yourself. And what's fascinating is when you correct yourself, everything around you corrects itself. It's just the way it works. I've seen this over and over again. This is why at Liberate, our team has a culture of doing this deep work, going to the 10-day Vipassanas, doing the plant medicines. Like It's like a big part of our culture because we know that the more we come into right relationship with ourselves, the more life can harmonize to the frequency of unconditional love that is our natural state of being. And harmonizing to that natural state of being, to me, is what allows all of the whispers of rejection and abandonment and not enough and not worthy just to go away. They're not even things that exist when you're connected to this depth. But it requires you to have a relationship with yourself, which is the role of awareness work, which is the role of parts work, which is the role of therapy, which is the role of all these different cognitive behavioral techniques um, you know, to go deeper and to understand the different components of the mind and our emotions and our heart and how everything fuels and plays together to create this unique nervous system makeup that is our psyche. Um, so what that interesting question? Oh, that's a great answer. Uh, so, so interesting. You're talking about the work we're doing at Liberate and, and going back to parts of yourself, old parts of yourself, six-year-old self, for example, um, it's remarkable how much healing can happen when you're able to tap back into experiences and feelings from from those times. And when you're when you're doing that work, do you do you do you feel a, a sense of resistance? Like how 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 have you cultivated the skill of being able to get back to those aspects of self that have been buried or been hidden or been denied? What is your what is your 
Oh um, man, I was literally just talking to a girlfriend about this yesterday. Like it's so tricky to catch yourself and catch your ego when you're doing healing work, when you're doing awakening work, when you're coming back into more authenticity, because, you know, think of fear in your ego is literally you against you. So it's like this person's just as smart as you, but he knows all of your deepest core wounds, all of your deepest things. And so like when you're starting to awaken into more love, which is ultimately the unknown, right? Because the mind is control. It's fear. The heart is expansive. It's infinite. It's unknown. It's connected to everything and all things. That's terrifying to the mind. So mind is scared. Ego is scared. It's going to use every possible trick it's got to convince you. So there's a great book on this called The War of Art. And he talks about, uh, Stephen Pressfield calls it resistance. And resistance can come in the form of procrastination. It can come in, the, it's like all these forms that it takes. It disguises itself in all these ways to get in the way of what you're here to do. Mastery, for me, is about honesty. It's about getting radically real with yourself and having very powerful mirrors around you to call you out on your bullshit. And that has been how my skill set has grown. Like I have, a, I have people in my life that will call me out when I am operating from a place of lack, of scarcity, of 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 inherent disconnection. And then I have people in my life that will celebrate me when I'm operating from that place of infinite love. So I've done this over time now, where I can tell when my ego is coming in to protect, and when I get to soften into that. In fact, I had many experiences this last month where I felt my ego really coming on to protect, to walk away, to like prevent something from going further. But no, it was like, no, Raj, like, can you soften into this experience? Even if it's uncomfortable, even if everything you want to do is run, can you just soften into the experience? Can you open into the experience? Can you allow these fears to exist and then just be in it? And build a better relationship and teach the parts of you that are running by just being in it. Because there's no better way to train the mind than by showing it's safe to feel. Right? Like when the mind feels that and it experiences it, it has a reference point. Then all of a sudden now you're, you have a reference point. And then the next time gets easier and easier and easier. And that's how you bring your mind to become your greatest ally. That's how your mind becomes your greatest ally, but consistently showing it that there's actually nothing to be afraid of in this moment. There's nothing to run from. There's nothing to try and overanalyze. There's nothing to people please around. There's nothing to fight about. There's nothing to internalize and harbor. These are all responses. These are all egoic defense reactions, if you would, that your nervous system is doing. But the way we heal is by bringing into loving awareness. Right. So that's a big part of it. And I've been realizing more and more, like I, I used to lean on a lot of the tools and now I've gotten to this place of like, if I just hold anything that I'm experiencing in loving awareness for as long as I can, it dissolves into love. And then when something dissolves into love, you can anchor into a new truth and a new depth and a new state of being that then becomes the frequency of your prayer. Yeah, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that notion of getting to those points of resistance and instead of allowing the protective mechanisms to run, it's to like lean into lean into the experience. You think you said soften into the experience, knowing that the feeling necessarily won't hurt you. That that feels really powerful. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about um I forgot what I was gonna say. I had something really brilliant and bright and awesome that I was gonna say in response to that, but I forgot. So <laughs> it will come back. It will it will come back if it's meant to be said. Um and yeah, this notion of then reconnecting with all the lost parts of ourselves through this act of just letting moving through the resistance and leaning in and re-anchoring it back into love through loving awareness this is what i love about the work like you know as i always felt like doing this inner work is the greatest purpose of a lifetime because so i like i get excited about you know there's a lot of people in the liberate communities that are in their 40s 50s 60s at join and i get really excited about that age group joining because you know they've already gone through their careers they've gone through challenges they've likely gone through parenthood and now they're like looking for the next thing to do and they're like out of retirement and, you know, they're like, they're like, it's like, they're not doing all the things they used to do. And I love this becoming the purpose. The purpose is you to discover all of you, to uncover all of you, to love all of you, to, 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 this is the greatest work we can do. It's the most, because it's infinite. You can, you can literally work your entire life to continue discovering more and more. You have been on this journey for five years now of deep inner awakening and work and I'm still discovering new things about myself. I'm still discovering new ways to relate to my little six-year-old boy. I'm still re- like experiencing new depths of anger and shame and the nuances within me. I'm I'm still like refining my own understanding of my psyche and 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 then creating boundaries and principles and 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 uh and legacy statements and beliefs and you know, my own prayer. Like it's like there's just this everlasting nature of this that's so exciting. You know, and yeah. there's a period of density, of course, like, especially if we have trauma, if there's things, but you know, one of the things I keep coming back to is you don't have to be afraid of your past. You get to be curious of it. Like, and, and I think that curiosity is where there's all the power. Like, I think we have so much power in us to bring in loving awareness instead of judgment, instead of shame, instead of like, there's so much opportunity there for us to rewrite an entire world of stories within ourselves yeah yeah it's interesting that you mentioned like the age range of of the people that you're serving at liberate like as you know i'm within that age range (laughs) and um and you're right there's something about this midlife period where you go on a new adventure and like i've spent a lot of time over the last couple years my my life has kind of unraveled itself been interested in new things and I had I went through the liberate experience this month and it was remarkable, just remarkable at its ability to um, take you to different points of your life and reconnect with the experience at the time and be able to understand and, and reveal things that have previous, previously been hidden. Um, and yeah, it was amazing to reconnect and and remember something that was really important that really helped me make sense of some experiences that I've had Mm -hmm. it was it was amazing it was such a powerful such a powerful moment like it really was like collecting a missing piece of like Mm. oh that explains it so um yeah yeah, I don't think you ever lose the curiosity but um I think that midlife period does need more attention because you know we joke about things like midlife crises and and aging etc but this phase of life is, is so important. Like your children are getting older, your career is entering different phases. 
you have different interests you're not in that hustle mode so much so I think you know what you're doing at Ibrae is, is is so powerful and so important for, for people that feel that right I'm ready to find that piece now that I've known has been there for a long long time but I want to go and collect it the piece is you right like we go through our lives forgetting who we are until we get hit with a crisis a health crisis or a relationship crisis or a job shuffle up or a global pandemic that then forces us to relook who relook at ourselves in the mirror and if we don't keep that mirror clean oftentimes we just see a dirty mirror in fact we don't even see who we are and so this this journey of just collecting the missing pieces the 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 keys to your heart to the the parts of you that you forgot about or dismissed or were hiding for whatever reason creating the safety for them to emerge and for you to step into more authenticity is the greatest gift we can give ourselves and the world. It is like our art. I think we are our greatest art projects. I feel I've felt that for years. Like everything I do purpose is not what I do. It's who I am. It's being expressed in everything I do. It's being expressed through my work. It's being expressed through my relationships. It's being expressed through the way that I carry myself in the world. It's being expressed through my artistic uh, decisions it's being expressed through my legacy, expressed through the way I make people feel. Everything comes back to me. And I would say the same for everyone around us. Like impact is not the amount of people you help. It is literally because if you tried to calculate the amount of people you're helping by being alive, you would fall short of the number because you have no idea the impact you made by just keeping the door open for somebody. You have no idea the impact you made by giving this Uber driver a tip and saying thank you for such a great drive. You have no idea the impact you made on somebody by believing in them, by telling them they look great, by admiring their shoes. You have no idea the trickle-down impact of your very being. And so to think that your purpose was in a job or your purpose was in being a parent, yes, those were important purposes at certain points in life, but to forget the ultimate purpose seems silly. <laughs> When you zoom out and that's ultimately what I hope to inspire more and more of, right? Like no matter what brings you into this work of inner exploration and more curiosity of self and wanting to understand your past and understand where you get to go and, and find the through line for it all. Like it's all beautiful. And I'm so grateful that you're choosing this path. I'm so grateful you're listening to this episode. You're listening to this podcast. If you're this far into this episode, that means that you're bought in, <laughs> you're bought into this type of conversation. And, and whenever you're ready to go deeper, I would love to host you at Liberate and to to support that journey. But yeah, it's been, it's been a really fun project to bring to life because of this very reason. So I, I see it every day and just the, the consistent awakenings, the stories like yourselves that, um, that remind me that there's always more to uncover. And I get to be really grateful for who I am today really grateful well, it's been a journey of of trust for you right like real trust in the universe this is something that's taken like a long time to come to this point you've really nurtured it you've you haven't rushed it you've you've loved it into existence and i, I think that that's, you know, that, that's, other, that's like a whole nother podcast of like i don't know everything in my life i feel like has been built by raj this is the first thing i feel like i'm growing where I'm not the one that's building it. I can't force a, 
a, a flower to grow faster than it's ready to. I can water it every day. I can put it in the sunlight and wait for the right gardeners to show up. I can, you know, I can support the environment for it to nurture. But at the end of the day, like it's a stewarding of an energy versus a building. And, and that's forced my ego to die a lot back to relationship to death. This idea that I'm doing anything, this idea that if things fall short, then it's on me, you know, and, and there's just this whole wave of thinking through what is the, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just in a very excited, it's, it's an exciting project to bring to life. And it's one that I'm grateful for the lessons. Like I have become in the last year, I would say committing to being the leader that brings forth a project like Liberate has transformed me into the version of myself that I am most proud of. Like the man that I am today as a result of choosing to show up the way that I have would not be possible without Liberate, would not be possible without Gina, would not be possible about every hardship, every human being that showed up for me. Like the, each of these individuals projects has helped me grow into this version of me that I am just so fucking proud. I'm so proud of me. I'm so celebrating me this month for just all the work I've put on myself and just into everything I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? You couldn't have told me four years ago that I'd be able to do that, which is just give myself a big pat on the back. Cause I would be like, Oh my God, me doing that's going to make me look a certain way. I don't want people to think I'm full of myself. It's like the noise that was there. Now it's just, uh, it's just authentic. It's just how I really feel and how I, I hope everybody in their lives feel. And I, at least if you're in my presence, my goal is to help you feel that way <laughs> or to show up in a way that inspires you to feel that way for yourself. That's beautiful. That was very beautiful. Um, just hearing you express that that pride, that pride for, for who you've become and, and who you are. I, I just, just hold that thought. Who I am, who I've become, and what's coming in. Right? Like, that's the piece that, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of this Matthew McConaughey speech. That I think I talked about this years ago on the podcast. Maybe I used to talk about this a lot more. Like it was this, the three things in his life that he's, you know, that he, that he needs something to look up to, something to look forward to and someone to chase. And, you know, the thing to look up to is God. The thing to look forward to is his family. And the someone to chase was his hero, which is the version of him that's 10 years away. And, you know, I used to think that you become that person once you have the thing. And now I've, over the years, I've just come to realize that's complete bullshit. You become the thing, which then allows the universe to create the circumstances that allow for the thing you want to exist. And so it's like becoming this is one thing, but then knowing what's coming as a result of me being this is where things get really fun. Now that's the prayer of knowing that something's already happened, knowing that Liberate's already successful, knowing that. I will have the most exquisite and amazing love in my life, no matter where it comes from, knowing that all of my needs are taken care of in some way, shape, or form by this benevolent universe. Why? Because of who I've become. There's just no way. It can't happen. 
And I think that level of faith is something I've really been anchoring into over the last month is sticking the landing of being there and not just being there in moments when something good happens, but being there no matter what, that's what I'm stepping into. That's why I'm going into my Vipassana. Like my intention of this month and going into Vipassana is to sit so deeply with that part of myself in the void, in the nothingness, not in like the parts of me that are filled with stimulation and building and growing and all these things. No, like in the nothingness, can I just trust that universe is organizing my life for my highest and best good while I sit and do nothing. It's the ultimate depth of, of, I think for me in my journey, it's like the next spiritual journey of manifestation and creation. And it's something I'm excited to, and I'm also terrified of, I'm very terrified of sitting by myself for 10 days. That sounds awful. Not awful. It's, it's not awful. I want to reframe that, but it's, it's the most intimidating thing I think I've ever uh, decided to do. Applied medicine feels like a walk in the park right now compared to the the sitting with myself for hours every day for multiple days straight. Yeah. Based on the intention you just outlined there, and I know part of you is going to say, I don't have any expectations, but I'm curious to know what are the expectations? Like if you allow yourself to sit with this space and discover and choose to believe that the universe has everything mapped out for you in your your highest good because as you said that's easy to do when things are going well very different situation when things are not going the way you would like them to i think there's this inherent belief that raj it's on me to make everything happen Mm -hmm. and instead what i'm tuning into is that no raj there's just a connect to the frequency of it all what is already happening and how can i just align myself with that flow and how can I rem- how can I intentionally practice removing myself from the equation? But not removing myself. I'm still sitting in prayer. So I'm still an active participant in this. I'm just not doing. So it's an exercise, an experiment with destiny more than anything. Can sitting and praying create movement in life? And mm. what kind of movement? Mm-hmm. And I sit deeply with the parts of me that I actually want to run from. I haven't sat in meditation by myself for more than an hour ever, I would say. Now I'm going to be sitting for like, I think like six or seven a day. It's a big jump. Yeah. So it's like, I think there's, you know, there's so much that I'm looking at right now around like my cravings with food, my relationship to dating women, like, you know, all of it, my relationship to creation and money and building my relationship to my phone. Like there's so many things that I run to, to create safety and security and wholeness, which is ultimately separated from this depth within myself. And can I source the deepest levels of nourishment from the parts of me that I can always access on demand just by sitting? And that's a question I don't know the answer to yet. So I'm very curious to see what emerges as I anchor deeply into this part of Raj, the witness. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds really interesting because, you know, because you're right, our material materialistic lives have us very attached to things outside of ourselves. Yeah. 
Well, I look forward to next month hearing what actually happens in your 10 days, sitting with all those parts of yourself. It's going to be amazing. Maybe a fixed experience. Um, but as you as you think about the month that's just passed, December, no, November, as you think about November, what is the thread that's flowed through the month for you? Just allowing the word that's coming through is allowing, allowing life to give me experiences, allowing life to surprise me, allowing life to delight me with magic, allowing life to crack my heart open, allowing life to show me how far I've come, allowing life to be my greatest teacher, my greatest ally, allowing myself to really commune with the capital H her which is this divine source of energy that flows through everything around me and really build that relationship with her. And and that to me has been, I think, a big part of my month, which is just allowing myself to be exactly where I'm at and staying so deeply rooted and grounded in where I get to go and what's so true and what's so alive and just continue to follow that aliveness because just keep finding that the more I follow my aliveness, the it's like the path just presents itself in front of me. I don't have to really figure anything out it's just sit in the stillness sit in your prayer and allow it to guide your light and that's really i think been the themes i would say of the last several months but you know as i get closer to my year-end reflection and my year-end kind of like outlook i think that's the piece it's never about the new things i don't really ever learn i don't learn many new principles after doing you know 50 plus of these you know, monthly reflections, like you start to see the patterns, you start to see the evolution, you start to kind of ascend in a, in a way that's, that's really unique. And I'm just noticing that there are certain principles that just keep hitting. And I think this one of connecting to that deeper prayer and allowing myself to go there. So I think for the mind, just being in that prayer is just not what it's programmed to do. It's programmed to look for noise. It's programmed to step away for distraction. It's programmed to get dopamine hits. It's programmed to be in a survival state. Um, so connecting to the prayers is, is a path of allowing. It's the path of surrender. It's the path of sitting more deeply with the truth of what is and allowing that to be the medicine and the alchemy and integrating both your spiritual sense, that prayer with this human experience, which is course the human experience and so i think just doing a better more graceful dance in both those realms has been i think the, the theme of the month and um, last question how did you how do you stay grounded oh right now it's coming back to meditation um i've been meditating every day the last week i'd say and I forgot how much I needed or just being in the jungles and meditating here and creating that spaciousness has been really valuable. And my kind of routines shift and change as I, depending on where I am and what I'm doing, like when I'm in the States, it's usually my manifesto reading that. And I still read my manifesto, but it's less the priority here because I feel like I'm, I don't need that. Right, It's not a tool I need right now. Right now, my my medicine is more in sitting with the depths of my intuitive sense and feeling the nuances of 
information that is present there and and building the sensitivity to be able to translate that information into usable uh data like to, to inform a decision or to make a make a creative endeavor happen or just to move forward with my life um so yeah all that this was a fun one georgina i loved this one this one was um very ground i actually feel my energy right now and i feel very grounded <laughs> which is great i guess that's the point of the show um how do you stay <laughs> grounded how do you become grounded i mean on a podcast <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the podcast i mean how do you become the most grounded version of yourself that you can be and i think i'm doing it for myself for sure um so I appreciate everybody being along for the ride and for watching this journey and for witnessing it. And Georgina, I'm very grateful that you've had a front row seat to every single one of these we've ever done. Lucky me. <laughs> it's pretty crazy just to watch the growth and to witness it. And I'm very grateful for you. So thank you again for holding such loving space for this conversation to happen. Really appreciate you. Welcome. Thank yeah. you. And everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your old friend Georgina and from us stay grounded we'll chat soon thanks for tuning into this week's episode of stay grounded no matter where you're from or what you're going through I hope it helps you remember just how incredible you are and have always been if you're on a path of emotional healing or self-discovery and would like to learn how liberate can support your journey head to www.rajana.com forward slash liberate that is L-I-B-E-R-8 to learn more about our current group programs and one-on-one -on -one offerings. I love you guys, and I'll see you next week.